are back with another episode of the ATM Podcast. Peter, got some big news about 20 minutes ago. You want to tell us about it here? Some pretty life-changing news, <laughs> honestly. Wow, I, I didn't know we were going to do this. But yeah, it looks like we are both going to be posted in KC next year. Yes, sir. So... Uh, that's big news. Mom, when you hear this, up shop. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> yeah, in-home studio, it will be coming. We're going to get weird with it, right? Oh, yeah. We're taking things to the next level, big time. Aside from that, we got some other big news today. Marshawn Lynch, <laughs> it appears, coming out of retirement, beast mode back to Seattle. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that's official by the time this drops. Uh, all of Seattle's running backs have gone down, so they needed something. Cool story. Just had to throw it out there. Uh, any other big news, anything you want to mention before we get into some NBA here? No, nah, man. Uh, Dallas, what the hell was that? I know you guys will hear us complain about it on the bowl game episode. You won't but... hear me complain. I have no complaints. Yeah. Thank you, Clapper. Thank For... you, Cowboys. <laughs> fly, Eagles, fly, Hello, baby. Marshawn. Goodbye, Clapper, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. I hope that's so. the news that cycles through today. Oh, yeah. Jason Garrett's going to the XFL. Y'all hear all about that on the Bowl Game Podcast. But anyway, yes, sir. right now we are going to hit on some NBA. Really, we're going to talk about Christmas Day because it's one of— We're, we're recording this on Monday the 23rd. Right, Monday the 23rd clear. right now. Christmas Day games are coming up. We're about 40 hours, 48 hours away from probably one of the best days of NBA basketball all year. Uh, the games this year, the slate, I think, could be a tiny bit better, but I'm not going to complain because there's some gems in here. First game we got, 11 a.m. in Toronto. It sounds like it should be a Drake song, I know. I mean, I guess because 5 a.m. in Toronto is one, but 11 a.m. in Toronto, Celtics versus Raptors. The Celtics are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Kind of surprised me. Raptors are pretty banged up, though. They got the injury bug real bad right now, but they're on a five-game win streak. So what do you think about this game, Peter? Celtics are also missing Marcus Smart and Gordon Hayward, just throwing that out. I could see this one yeah. going either way. I'm actually going to roll with Raptors plus two and a half here. Uh, first game of Christmas Day, we're going to have a couple cups of coffee in us, maybe a couple bloody screwdriver. I'm going to be eating monkeys with Any the family. Any eggnog, eggnog this year? A Norwegian tradition. No, I'm not an eggnog guy. Okay, but I'm allergic to it. I I'll will... never touch it. But Really? Yeah. Well, sure as hell, I'm going to have this game on my television on Christmas morning after I get through my stocking. But uh, Raptors plus two and a half. There's, there's no Siakam. There's no Norman Powell. Marcus Gasol's banged up, too. I don't think it's going to matter, man. These guys are the defending champs. They're they're showing it this season. Van Vliet's been having a good year. We can expect I mean, you a Drake it. appearance, I, right? He'll be there, obviously, won't he? Or do you oh, think? He, yeah, right? I mean, it's He's Christmas, so you never know. But I would expect to see him in some sort of custom Santa Raptors jersey doing something extra on the sideline, and I'm totally here for it. Like it's in Toronto. Jason Tatum's been playing really well lately. I've been impressed. He's, he's finally too. looking to, yeah, Jalen. Those those two wings are causing some problems for a lot of teams. But on Christmas Day, the Raptors are going to be on the big stage. They're experienced. They are afraid of no one. 
which I think really matters in these types of moments. National TV, I just don't think the Celtics are going to go in there and win by three, let alone win the game. I actually think Raptors' money line could be a good pick here, even with the injuries on both sides. Okay. Raptors plus two and a half. Are you with me on that? What what do you have? I'm not. I'm going to roll with the Celtics here. I kind of like that matchup, and I don't see – I think the big weakness of the Celtics is the front court, and I don't see with all the injuries Toronto has, I don't see them beating up on Boston in the front court. I'm taking, we're going to go Kimba three to send it into overtime at the buzzer, and then the Celtics are going to cover an OT. That's what I'm going with on this. I think it's going to be a great game. Like It's going to come down to the final possession. Okay. But yeah, no, I know. I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to take the Celtics. The two and a half points is a little wonky, but I, I think somehow they'll come out and cover. But it's going to be close. Like it's going to be one of those that's down to the wire. At least All I right. hope so. It'd, I don't know. Overtime would be a heck of a start to Christmas Day. I don't know. I like I like the role players Toronto has. I think they're going to show up. Ananobi's playing pretty I mean, decently this a, year. Kyle Lowry. The role players are now their guys with all the injuries they've had. I mean, you've got Van Vliet yeah. and a couple others that are you know regulars in the starting lineup and then i mean abaka and the rest of the guys Ananobi's in and out of the starting lineup but he's been getting big minutes just because he's got to and i don't know i mean their role players are solid but they're gonna be they're gonna have to be more than just role players with what they're working with right now i don't have anything else no i don't have we much disagree on this one yeah we do but this is really i think just a who's less injured game and right now i give boston the edge so taking the celtics mm-hmm. here Expect big things from Kimba. Hopefully it'll be a good start to Christmas morning. After that game wraps up at 1.30, we're in Philly for a little Eastern Conference Finals preview potentially. Bucks versus the Sixers. Philly's getting one point here from Vegas. What do you think? Lead us off on this one. The 76ers have been dominant at home this season, except for that loss against the Heat last Wednesday and a loss to, who did they play Friday night? The Mavs. Who was that? The Mavs got them. The Mavericks, that's right. I was watching the game. How could I forget? Yeah, they were undefeated at home and then dropped two back-to-back. Exactly. Um, we all we all saw the Bucks and Lakers on Thursday night. We saw Giannis show that he's the best player in the NBA. I don't know how you can argue that. I really don't know how you can argue that, at least in terms of the regular season. This guy goes out there every single night with a point to prove, a game to win. He's trying to win a back-to-back MVP. He's trying to be the number one team in the NBA record-wise. He wants that one seed. I'm taking the Bucks here at plus one. Embiid is a great matchup problem for Giannis in terms of having size down down low, but they're just going to be probing through the paint, kicking it out for three. Wesley Matthews, Brooke Lopez, you name it, DiVincenzo. I think they're going to be knocking down these threes. Uh, Giannis is just, like I said, he's the best player in the league right now. I, I don't feel good enough taking Philly minus one. And and same thing, big stage, Giannis wants to do it, man. He wants to do it. I agree with that. But as I look at all of the slates here, I think we are going to go in opposite directions on every single game. Okay. Because I'm rolling with the Sixers here. I think they're too big, and they're going to give the Bucks some problems. Obviously, Giannis is going to do his thing. 
but I think they're just going to give them headaches matchup-wise. I think they're going to have a hard time defending Ben Simmons. I think it could be a rare game where he puts up 30 points and actually plays up to his potential. I'm expecting Richardson to be there, and I just don't see Philly losing three in a row at home. I know the Bucks are the hottest team in the NBA with the best record, but I just can't pick against the Sixers and say they're going to lose three in a row at home after being undefeated for so long. So I'm going to take the Sixers minus one. I'm going to expect your boy Embiid to have a big game also, but I think this should be another great game that comes right down to the wire. I really think it's completely dependent on which Embiid we get, and that's how Philly's going to win this game if they do. If he goes for 40 and 15, three blocks, okay, Philly's going to win the game, but I'm I'm expecting (laughs) – I'm expecting Giannis to do that, so I will take Bucks plus one. Okay. I think Embiid will get the better end of Brooke Lopez, even though I love Splash Mountain. Okay. <laughs> okay. Speaking of speaking of bigs here, just have to throw this out because we were talking about it last night and it's been on my mind. People keep talking about how the three balls change the game, and a lot of people think it's ruining the NBA. My counter to that, if you want to fix it, let's get rid of the paint. Let's just absolutely abolish the paint. There's no more. Oh, yeah. That was a crazy idea. And then you just let the bigs bang under the basket all game. And you let your big boys go to work and dominate in, you know, the metaphoric paint without having to constantly be going in and out of the lane. And that way, you know, you bring some relevance back to bigs and the dudes who are dominant forces under the bucket get to be that the entire game. And I think it would help combat kind of the negatives that come with the three ball generation and era of basketball a little bit it will help out there help those that hate watching the rockets enjoy basketball again yeah i agree you get to see capella do his thing in the paint the pick and roll be a little bit more exciting just a lot of things boban would be the best player in the league Uh, taco taco would be the best player in the nba you just chuck it every chuck it down to him every single possession under the basket Aiton might actually be okay if we do that that's really i think my ulterior motive here just get the suns the biggest benefit as possible let aaron baines go out there and just go to work for 30 minutes every night i would love it um anyway back to christmas day so i'm I'm going to see Uncut Gems at some point on Christmas Day with my grandma. I'm taking her to see it. Nice. And I'm thinking I got to pick which game I want to miss. So Ah. I'm looking at it. I think I'm going to skip the 4 o'clock game in San Francisco, Rockets versus (laughs) Warriors. I think this is going to be the one that I skip out on because I do not give a shit about watching James Harden jack up 35 threes and shoot 25 free throws. And to be honest, I really don't care to see the Warriors at all. Uh, D'Lo and Draymond will probably be playing, so it might be a competitive game. But the Rockets are a a 9.5-point favorite. What are you thinking here? I mean, this might be the biggest game of the war or biggest game of the season for the Warriors. Probably the most the most viewers they will have for one game all year. Yeah. And like the most spotlight, biggest stage. I don't know. That's a really big line. Granted the Warriors have been terrible this season. Nine and a half. Um I can't believe I'm doing it. I, I just don't like picking a line this big, but I'm gonna roll with the Rockets minus nine and a half. Westbrook has been a force this past week or so. Hopefully he can keep that going. I know last Christmas Day, we OKC played the Rockets, and he had a good game. I think he gets up for these types of moments, and him and James are going to be He had a good game, but you know what else he had? <clears throat> hmm. 
a loss. <laughs> because of his I teammate, James. And uh, all right, all there, right, all right. we know the Rockets' biggest rival in the NBA is the Warriors. So I don't see why these guys wouldn't have a little extra incentive to come out and just whoop the Warriors' tail. I'll tell you why. Okay. There's no Steph. There's no Clay. There's no KD. There's no Iguodala. There's no Sean Livingston. There's no David West. There's, I mean, it's not even the Warriors. You're playing a G League team and Draymond and D'Lo. I mean, Draymond is the only guy that's still there. I just don't think it's even the same team. I don't even think they think of it like that. I think they're thinking, let's go beat up on the worst team in the league maybe, but a lot of these losses have come with either D'Lo or Draymond out or both. So I think having both of them back is the reason this line's at 9.5 and and not 17 or something even more ridiculous. And uh, screw it, I'm going to take the Warriors. Give them to me at plus 9.5. I think D'Lo goes off for 35-plus. Draymond might even put up a triple-double. And like I was saying, I mean, if they have one game to really play for something, I think this is it, to not get embarrassed on Christmas Day with the biggest audience they're going to have all year. I like that logic. Not not saying they win. Not saying they win, but I think this is a game that it's within, you know, 10, 15 points most of the way. And in the fourth quarter, it might take a little backdoor cover, but I think they do it. Draymond is pretty crap nowadays. Like, I don't think... He is. I don't know what his deal is, man. I don't think he's that motivated. I just motivated. think he doesn't give a shit. Yeah, I don't think I he really be, cares unless it's the playoffs. I would say put me on load management, make a bullshit injury up or something. Don't let me waste my time and energy and potential health out here with these scrubs when we're the worst team in the NBA. Like, Mm -hmm. just sit me out and let's just make sure we have the best chance of the first pick as possible. The only reason I could see them being in this game is, like you said, Draymond playing for pride or something, but I don't know which version of him we're going to get either. So I'm going to take the Rockets nine and a half. It would be awful sad if they just came out and didn't even give 55 or 75% effort. You know, like even just try a little bit. I I really do think he's going to be amped up, though, and come out playing hard, and this is the one game that he might actually give everything he's got in the tank to try and win. But we'll see. Who's to say he's not doing that every night and he just sucks really bad? I don't know. (laughs) Anyway, on to the big one here, the battle for L.A., the Western Conference Finals preview. We are looking. You're just jumping ahead with Lakers, all of these. Jumping ahead with all of it. Just forget the regular season. We're going straight to the playoffs. But Lakers versus Clippers. The Lakers are a one and a half point favorite. Actually, pretty bizarre point in the season we're at here because what is essentially agreed upon is the two best teams in the league. Maybe in the, throw the in the West. In, there. in the West. In two best teams in the West by far. They're both sliding right now. The Clippers have lost three of five, and the Lakers have lost three in a row. I know LeBron missed last game against the Nuggets, so that's, you know, kind of put that with an asterisk by it. And Kawhi has sat a game or two also with AD was out when they lost it's to back the Pacers, to too. Right. A lot of these have been due to people sitting. So I was going to ask you, is this something or nothing here? Do you think it's something to be concerned about if you're a fan of either <clears> of these teams, or it's just typical regular season, guys getting dinged up and resting type stuff? I don't think it's anything to worry about whatsoever. LeBron is one of the best playoff players ever. Kawhi is probably the guy you want in a playoff series right now. So, you know, both of these teams are thinking about one thing. They're thinking about playing into June. They're not really thinking about 
winning every single night, even though they want to and right. strive to, but they have they're thinking big picture, thinking long term. So no, I, I yeah, don't it's think the it preseason matters. pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Who's to I think say it's all that about on just peaking at the right time and being healthy? Yeah, but who's to say on Christmas Day that might not be the case? I think both of these teams yeah. are going to come out ready to play. So I'm curious to hear who you have. Oh, you know who I have. I know who it's you the have. team I've been rocking with all year. I'm taking the Clippers, and the reason why. <laughs> so if you look at the Lakers and Clippers, we're we're gonna go opposite on every single one of these. I'm telling you because I know your next pick. I know who it's gonna be, and I know who I have, and we're gonna clash on that one too. This is and ridiculous. The reason I'm taking the Clippers here. The reason I'm taking them, if you look at the Lakers, you look at the Clippers, they are both top five offensively and defensively. I don't think anyone can argue that they're not. They are both top five teams. When I look at the Clippers, I think they are the best defensive team by a significant margin. And I think the Lakers are solid defensively, and I think the Lakers are probably a little bit better offensively than the Clippers are right now. But I give the edge to the Clippers just because of defense. And I think their defense is just probably the best I've ever seen from an NBA team that I can think of. I mean, the fact that you can throw Pat Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi, Montrez Harrell, Mo Harkless, you could just throw Shamit, all this at a team. It's insane. I mean, it's absolutely insane. That's like, that's an all defensive NBA team at certain points throughout this decade, you know, with a few of those guys sprinkled in that aren't that elite defensively. I was going to say, Shamit you know and Lou with, Will with, aren't exactly locking people down. But. No, not Lou Will. Lou Will, I'm not talking about for his defense, but like Mo Harkless, he's an incredible defender. He's yeah. long and athletic and he can guard anyone. I just think it's and crazy Pat they're Beverly, starting. Uh, Paul at the two, Kawhi at the three, and Harkless at the four. That is nuts. That's what I'm saying. That's a defensive headache for anybody you play. Yeah. And Pat Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi, if we're talking about first-team defense this decade, all three of them are on that team. Wow. I'm sorry, they are. Pat Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi are first-team de- first defense this decade. I, There's no way they're not. Uh, people are going to argue with you saying Beverly there, but yeah, I mean, those, they those can. are They can, and I, I understand why you would. Yeah, and the Lakers do have Danny Green. They have AD. They have LeBron. They have a lot of solid pieces, and they have some really good defenders, but I just don't think it even comes close to what the Clippers have all around on the defensive end, and I think that's going to be the big key here. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying there's not going to be a lot of points scored, but I think the Clippers can get the big stops when they need to, when the Lakers might struggle too. You brought up net rating in the top three teams. I pulled it up while you were talking. Um, here's the top five. Okay. Bucks by a wide margin are number one. Are and we talking offense or defense or just net, net rating? Both total okay, total okay. net rating. Bucks are number gotcha. one by a lot. Then it's Mavericks, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers. Nuggets is six. Okay. But I also don't take a ton of stock in that. Just because Kawhi's not out there all the time. PG missed a lot of the season. Yeah. The Lakers obviously are tops of both of the categories offensively and defensively. Everyone knows that just by the eye test. And so I think, okay, they both might technically not be top five right now. They are both top five offensively and defensively. You know what I mean by that. The right? best like, three teams in the if league. You're, if you're watching these teams, they're the best. Yeah, I'm not like arguing that. I'm just pulling it up and coming out. I mean, the net I rating think, does speak to how good these teams are, but come playoff time, yeah, it's those three I'm worried about. 
Right. The regular season's the preseason, essentially. And mm. as there is merit behind those numbers, they don't tell the true story, I think. You know, like, I think the Mavs are obviously a top five offensive team. But if you were to try to tell me they were a top 10 defensive team, even, get the hell out of here. No, they're not. Mavs are number one offensively. Bucks are number one defensively. Okay. Like, if we're talking top five offense, I think you got to definitely have the Rockets and the Mavs at the top. And then after that, I'd probably say Lakers. And then Clippers. It's Mavs, and... Rockets, Bucks, Wizards, Lakers. Okay, and then I'd say Bucks <laughs> at five. But put a, put an asterisk by the Wizards. <laughs> That's garbage time. Yeah, but like back... they do put up a lot of points. But yeah, back to our discussion. You had Clippers plus one and a half. I'm rolling with the Lakers right. minus one and a half. Man, it just comes back to the whole that? Christmas Day thing. LeBron, AD. He was he was great last year on Christmas when the <clears throat> Lakers were blowing out the Warriors. I could not get enough of that. Yes, so I he think, got hurt that game, but still, you know they kind of got embarrassed by the Bucks a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. You you think that game's not sticking in the back of their head? Plus the Clippers they beat got embarrassed him. opening night also. Exactly, Clippers, Clippers so beat them by ten on opening night. They're gonna come out. And this one, this is uh, technically the Lakers' home game, if you want to dive into that. These guys are going to be Every ready. Every game at Staples Center is a home game for the Lakers. I know, but they're just going to be ready to roll. I, I like LeBron and AD in this matchup. That, that's really all it is. There's nothing more to it. And since the line is just minus one and a half, I got to rock with it. I respect that. I think there's definitely a lot of logic behind the LeBron Christmas Day thing and the fact that they are going to remember – their two biggest losses of the season and avenge that you know they're going to come out on a mission after the bucks loss and they're definitely going to remember that first game of the year yeah i think they but, match up pretty well with the clippers as well i think ad and harrell will be a good matchup to see and then even guys okay, like so danny green can have a big impact i Avery was going to ask you what are you going to do with lebron who do you put him on Kawhi or pg because he's got to guard one of the two so who do you want him on because I'm just kind of thinking matchups here. You're probably going to put Danny Green on the other. Yeah. I would think. I'd probably want to put LeBron on Paul, maybe. Just kind of switch think him. Think so? Yeah. I'm be like switching him I want him to see and LeBron Danny. and Kawhi go at it all game. I mean, they probably will. We're going to get a lot of different looks with it. I'm sure. Yeah. We're going to get some primetime television, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Oh, dude, imagine if LeBron and Kawhi both have 40-plus just going back and Please. forth on each other's head. I, I want them to go incredible. shot for shot in the fourth quarter. Same. Down the Same. stretch. Me too. Who can get to the elbow and get that jumper off? <laughs> oh, Kawhi just shooting laser beams. I cannot wait. <clears throat> Kawhi's going to be picking his spots. LeBron's going to be taking step-back threes, I'm sure. Right, right. It's going to be a fun game. I can't wait for that. I'm going to be absolutely glued to my couch and tv yes so any final thoughts on this one i think we've both made our points pretty clear here no just can't wait to see jack nicholson courtside doing his thing the stars are going to be out at that game that's I right hope steve Ballmer's in rare form i hope steve Ballmer <laughs> is just getting fuck wild off adrenaline probably will be late game here 9 30 in denver pelicans versus nuggets Kind of a disappointing 
cap to the night. I think obviously the expectation was it's going to be Zion in the the prime time final game. You know, get the ratings. A playoff team. Right, right, and potential playoff matchup. You know, Pelicans probably going to be seven or eight. Nuggets one, two, or three. I think that was kind of the idea when the NBA scheduled this. Mm-hmm. So, the Nuggets are a ten point favorite. I made a note here. I think the only thing that could really make this game that interesting is a surprise Zion appearance, but I don't think the Pelicans are going to get blown out. I think they'll hang around potentially. Now, 10 is right around the margin where I think it'll be. I'm going to guess the Pelicans lose somewhere by 5 to 15 or so points. What are your thoughts on this? Do you give the Pelicans a chance at all to win this game? No, I don't. That's a big line as well, so it's a little bit hard for me to pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. take the Nuggets minus ten. I got to see them play in Denver earlier this year. That that crowd shows out, and that team is very good at home. That's it's kind of their thing, you know. They're so deep. They you got all these different guys that they can throw at you, and the Pelicans one of those have just guys been sliding. That, Who? Yeah, the, the Pelicans have been rough, but one of those guys that is one of the Nuggets <clears throat> role players that it seems like has just been around forever. Analytics love him. He is one of the highest-ranked guys in so many categories. Will Barton. I was going to say. You mentioned him when you saw that game, how he mm-hmm. stuck out to you. For whatever reason, analytics love Will Barton, and when he is in the game, the Nuggets are playing at their best. He just does all the little things. It, like Not really things that jump out at you, but if you're kind of just sitting there you know, parsing the game to see like guys that are just making all the right decisions or whatnot, like not taking bad shots, not forcing decisions. Will Barton fits that mold exactly. Is it kind of one of those things where he's one of those guys that you need to just watch off the ball for a while? Because it's not like he's always just going to be wowing you putting up 30 points. Like every once in a while he'll have a game where he throws up 20 plus or something but you know it's kind of one of those things where he's making back cuts off ball and looking to free yeah. guys off the screens and just doing all the little things picking up guys on defense calling out switches stuff like that he's not a ball stopper he knows what to do without the ball in his hands as well right he's just kind of like a, a little bit of a glue guy and they have a lot of guys like that like monte morris jeremy yeah. grant malik beasley right. even Wancho Hernan Gomez, Hernan. I was yep. I was impressed with was him. He was getting board after board in that game, and you know maybe Michael Porter can start contributing more significantly. Uh, I don't I don't expect him to be a big factor in this game, but I, no, I don't think so either. But I have heard they're looking to ramp his minutes up and start getting him more involved, and yeah. that he is quote unquote untouchable. That some teams have put feelers out about him, and the Nuggets aren't even picking the phone up. Yeah, it makes sense because. They're they're yeah. great defensively, but offensively they have a little bit of work to do. And if right. he's and one we of those guys, before, then... yeah, that, that's exactly where I was going with it. You know, we mentioned it before the season started. He could be the X factor for them. He could be that extra piece on offense to go with Jokic and Murray mm-hmm. that could come in and throw up twenty points or so and give them a little bit of a push in, you know, the playoffs or into the regular season or whatever it is. So I'm still hopeful that he's going to come around. He was, uh, I believe he was my rookie of the year sleeper pick, or maybe even my actual pick, and that's looking like it's long gone. But I still would love to see him get some more meaningful minutes and get some buckets. Mm. They're also a candidate. I mean, they are playing the Pelicans. I've heard guys like Zach Lowe mention that Drew Holiday to the Nuggets is a move that they could potentially be looking to make, a deal they could probably get done. Yeah, so 
that's also something to keep an eye on as we move forward in the season because I like Gary Harris, but, yeah, they definitely need that third guy because – I don't I, like Gary Harris, and I don't like that contract at all. Yeah, I think well, Gary Harris is one of the most overvalued players in the league, but he's not a bad player. <clears throat> but like you were saying, Drew Holiday would be a massive upgrade. Yeah, I like him as a player, but as like a third best player on a championship team, not a chance. Drew Holiday can come in and instantly upgrade that team. So I, I would right. really and he like. Kind of. I was gonna say he I can kind of like cover the happen. lapses. Yeah, because he helps cover the lapses Murray has defensively. Murray is an offensive player and one of probably a bottom ten defensive starting point guard in the league so if you have drew holiday there that helps cover up a lot of the holes in his game big time i would love to see it i think that this game might be a great test of would he be worth our money type thing and i would not be surprised if he goes out there and he has a really nice game and the nuggets decide to pick the phone up and make a few calls about him in the following days because i bet i think the nuggets know they're a piece away and I bet seeing him in person might just give him the extra kick of like, all right, he just torched us for 29, 8, and 6 and <laughs> had three steals and only one turnover. It's time to go get him. Mm-hmm. I would love to see it. And I'm going to roll with the Pelicans plus 10. Okay, wow. Different on every single pick. It happened. That's weird. And the logic here is it kind of similar to the other ones. It's a Christmas Day game. I think it's the biggest stage for this Pelicans team that has struggled. Drew Holiday is going to be looking to get his trade value up. I don't know if he even wants to get traded, but I think he's going to go out there on a mission with something to prove. And I'm expecting him and Brandon Ingram to carry the load and play pretty darn well. I expect J.J. Redick to play well, too. Yeah, it's not J.J. Redick's first Christmas Day game. They still have a lot of good pieces. I think they just got to get it going. And I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think they might have a solid game. And I expect them to score at least 110 points. I'll say that. I know the Nuggets are great defensively and have held a lot of people under 100, but the Pelicans put up a ton of points. It's just a matter of if they can hold anybody under 120 and actually get a win, and they usually can't. I'm I'm predicting 112 to 98 or like 101, something like that. Hoping for a shootout, though. I would love to see like a, a 131 to 128 game or something like that. That would be great. A little nightcap. Yeah, on I know Christmas the Nuggets Eve. don't have the, yeah, the Nuggets don't have too many of those, but it would be cool to see. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You know, I think the NBA did a pretty good job picking these games come or like back in the preseason, but it just sucks the way right. Siakam's going to be out, Smart and Hayward are going to be out, and then with this game, Steph's Zion. Out. Come on now. Yeah, Steph and Clay, yeah. of course, and then the whole Zion situation. No one knows what the hell is going on there. Just got to hope for the best. Hope to see him play this season in any capacity. I, I'm worried yeah, he's going to pull an if, A.J. Green now. but If the Pelicans are smart, I think they shut him down all year. But that's we've touched <clears> on that, and I think he is at least shut down until the All-Star break. Another conversation for another time, though. But I would be interested to see if there was any way the NBA could have flexed a few different games or moved some stuff around once these injuries kind of came about a few weeks into the season. You could start to tell, okay, some of these Christmas Day matchups might not be – as good as we thought maybe if they could push one of those games to later in the year and move one forward or something i know logistically that probably would have been a nightmare to do but <laughs> i would love to see the nba try and do something like that in the future just to make sure it's the biggest best games but you can't fault them for what they drew up at the start of the year because yeah. these look like 
picture-perfect games if everyone's healthy. Couldn't agree more. All right, so let's finish up here with just a few kind of big pieces of news around the league. The first one that I wanted to touch on was Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, he's been going absolutely bonkers. He's averaging 23 a game, and he's been doing it with no Kyrie and no Karis LeVert. And so a lot of people might say, well, yeah, they've got nobody else to really handle the ball. Of course he's putting up big numbers, but he's done it without much help. I mean, he has carried the load offensively. And, yeah, you got some guys like Joe Harris and uh, Torrey and Prince. You know, they've been putting up decent numbers, but he's missing his scores. Like, he's missing the other guys that can go put up 20-plus and help them win. And analytically – uh, the eye test, any way you really want to look at it, they've been better without Kyrie. What do you make of that? Kyrie is just a cancer, apparently. Uh, I Ooh. love his game. He's the reason. He's the reason why I went to that game while I was in Denver. Anyway, I wanted to see Kyrie in person. You pay to go see he's the stars the reason play. Cleveland got a ring, honestly. Yeah, but nowadays it's it's just turning into me, me, me. I can't be happy anywhere. Uh, a little bit of Jimmy Butler in him, a little bit of Odell in him, a little bit of KD I was going to say, is him. he the Odell of the NBA? Because I think he is. <clears throat> yeah. Like, who's he going to be saying, come get me to next? It, it's ridiculous. I just want to see the guy He's going to be hoop, telling my man. sons to come get him. Yeah. It, it's absurd. And last year, when D'Lo started playing well and Levert came back from his injury, they were they were really clicking in terms of team chemistry. And then Kyrie comes in there, and he's going 8 for 23, doing his best James Harden impression. It's just kind of like, all right, like we were all really bought into the culture here. We like Kenny Atkinson as a coach. He also looks flyer than any coach in the league, but that's that's an aside. It's just, <laughs> it's just like, why are we paying this guy to come in here, ruin our team chemistry, uh, give us a losing record and then Dinwiddie comes in and they just kind of completely turn things around, get back into playoff contention. And so I'm, I'm happy for the Nets at the moment. I hope that when Kyrie comes back. What do back, you do now? Do you keep Kyrie shut down and you just say, nah, man. let's try and just try and just, you know, tell him, take his time. We don't want to rush you back and see how long we can push it off and stay hot with Dinwiddie going crazy. Nah, I think you just put him back in, hope for the best. Hopefully, you know the egos don't collide too too heavily, but I think you're paying Kyrie to come in and play like an all star, so you you got to put him back in there. You're paying him for. A I reason. agree with that. I think you've got to figure out how to make it work, but it and it's not the biggest <clears throat> sample sizes in the world. I know Kyrie hasn't played you know more than 15 or so games, but the numbers are not good. Like it it's really eye-opening when you look at what that team has done offensively and defensively compared to the days with him and the days without but we'll see what happens with that there's a lot that could unfold I would love to see Dinwiddie get moved to another team I could see somebody trying to trade like two first round picks for him or something oh the Suns but um I would totally be on board with that let's get Rubio out of there and do some all right never mind um so (laughs) other big news here the Thunder keep winning. Hey. They had a massive comeback the other night, and they had another big comeback against the Clippers last night. And that was one of the three of the five losses the Clippers had faced, or one of the three losses over the last five the Clippers had faced. It was the Thunder last night. Yeah. And I just wanted to mention, the Thunder are beginning to look like they can really sustain this level of play. 
and it looks like the pieces that were really brought in to kind of be shipped off or placeholders for the next guys or whatever you want to call it placeholders is the word i was thinking of yeah they're playing like not placeholders and guys who were brought there to be traded somewhere else yeah, I, I was reading an article, and it was talking about how all the guys on the team, they know their names are being floated around as potential trade pieces, right. but they're all just kind of like enjoying their lives in OKC, working on their game, playing together as a team. We saw Chris buy the suits and get everybody fitted. Like It, it looks like this is right. a team that really enjoys each other, enjoys playing with each other, like CP3 it looks like they're buying in. Yeah, CP3 posted an IG story of Shea on his when he dropped 32 the other night against who was that? Um, the 24 point comeback. Who were they playing? Uh, the the Bulls. The Bulls. <sighs> That's right. Well, Shea had a career high the other night, 32. CP3 put on a story and was like, "Keep going, youngin." And then Shea like clapped back and was like, you're the youngin around here, whatever. Like, just, just stuff like that. I'm like, these guys really like each other. Chris, Chris is friends. buying in. Yeah. He, he's, he knows he's probably stuck because of that contract. He's just being a mentor yeah. to these guys. And I can't think of a better situation for SGA. He is a star in the making. You know, I think as weird as it sounds, Chris Paul being on that bad of a contract is actually a positive in this sense because he knows he's stuck there and all the reports have said nobody is going to touch his deal with the 10-foot pole. The Thunder can't move him. It's to the Like, that's dead. No one's going yeah. after Chris Paul. And so I think he's realized now, okay, I'm stuck here. I can either pout and whine and not, you know, in, in my career on a shitty note or at least go to the tail end of my career on a shitty note mm-hmm. or i can just say screw it work with what i've got embrace the city that embraced me and yeah just exactly. give it what i've got see what i've got left in the tank and so i think all of them are actually bought in and what i was going to ask next do you think it is legitimately all of them buying in or do you think guys like schroeder <laughs> guys like gallo guys like steven adams are seeing all these headlines and going damn, they're really trying to trade me. I need to ball out and make sure I get my trade value up, and that way my next contract is the most it can be. You know, Do you think they're thinking like that as I'm an asset, I need to protect my value, or do you, or do you think um, they're just bought in and just enjoying the season? I think it's a multitude of reasons. I think Schroeder's a young player who's just continuing to get better. I think Gallinari's expiring. He wants to get another good deal. I think SGA is getting better. I think Chris is, you know, he, he doesn't have to go out and be relied upon to get 30 every night, but he's capable of doing that and leading leading a team back into a game, that type of thing. You know, Adams isn't right. being used as heavily as he has been in previous years, and so whenever he comes in, he's just ready to get to work. He's energized. Even guys like Nader and Ferguson are playing some good minutes here and there. I, I think it's just the perfect mix of everything, and it's it's professional basketball. These guys are the best in the business. It's why they get paid the way they do, and I think they just kind of fit really well together, and everyone is seizing the opportunity in front of them, and they're in an organization that takes care of their people and, the, and their players, and they're just out here going for it. So at this point... I think the Thunder should just keep the pedal to the metal and actually shoot for a playoff spot and see what could happen here because I don't I don't think it hurts. 
Oh, I agree. I want to see him go pick up another piece or two and try and really make a run at it. Because are, are you going to probably make it to the Western Conference Finals? No. But could you make it further than you made it the last couple of years with Westbrook and PG? Yeah, you might actually get out of the first round this year if something know. crazy happens. You know, maybe maybe you can get up to the five or six and have a more favorable matchup. I think they could potentially take down a team like Denver. Now, if they run into either L.A. team, they're obviously going to lose. But I think if they can avoid the two L.A. teams, they could get out of the first round. Yeah. I, I mean, we got all these young players. I just want to see them get that playoff experience and make things work. So and the fans, I, I really want to. I would love to see the fans that have stuck through it all and been so loyal get rewarded. Yeah, uh, just even I know it's kind of a consolation prize because you know you're going to get the six, seven, or eight more than likely, and probably not win. But it, it's still cool to make the playoffs and have something to rally around and be excited for. Mm-hmm. Okay, so gonna gonna move on here because I'm sure we could both talk Thunder forever. The Bucks. we had touched on them earlier. They got the best record in the league. They have a five-game lead in the East already. Do you think that's sustainable and they're going to continue to build on that, or do you think other teams will close the gap as the season goes on? I think it's sustainable. I think they could win the East by seven games or so. I would not be surprised if they won 65 around there again. Maybe even more. Wow. Maybe even more, to be honest. I legitimately think... Giannis has a chance to be the greatest player of all time. I mentioned that to yeah, you, you last night. Yeah, you said that last night, and I just had to bite my tongue. Bite your tongue all you want, but if he can sustain the numbers he's putting he's up gotta right now. He's got to win something first. Okay. Go win something. He's going. It's a little early for all that. going Put a ring on to your win finger. something. He, he will He hasn't win. even been close. Never even close. Okay, well, LeBron took him a long time. It took MJ, what, eight years he didn't win until he yeah, got no, Scottie I, Pippen. I get that, so. and I'm not, I'm not. I don't want to argue he, about this. You know, I don't either. I'm not going to put a ceiling on what he could be, but I just think he needs to carry the load in the playoffs because he was super young a lot of their first playoff runs, but still waiting to have those big Kawhi type playoff moments where it's like, all right, Giannis is here. I still see them as a regular season team, kind of like I see the Nuggets. And I know it's a little bit different. The West and the East have a little bit different landscapes this year, but I kind of see them in that ballpark of, could they win a lot of regular season games? Yes. Would I be afraid of them in the playoffs, or would I want to put money on them in the future to come out of the East? No, I don't think I would. I think I'd take Philly still. I, I, I disagree. Giannis or Jokic? There's a huge difference in the best player there. The, oh, there is. There's no Kawhi there's in the difference. East that he has to go through now. And I thought Embiid was going to vie for an MVP this season, but he just doesn't want to bring it every night. And he's been he's been getting ridiculed for it. Ben Simmons refuses to Tried adjust to his game and get an actual jumper that he can rely on and that can help that team space the floor. The Bucks have the best coach in the East right now, I would say. I mean, you could you could argue yeah. for Nick Nurse, but Budenholzer is yeah. a million times better than Brett, Brett Brown. So Yeah. I agree on that. But I just think in the playoffs Embiid gets it going and it's the regular season, like I've been saying. I mean, it's exhibition games, it's the preseason. It doesn't matter, you know? I mean, it, it does, but yeah. it doesn't as long as you're playing your best basketball and you're bringing it in the playoffs. It's a different ball game, and I think that's why 
teams like Philly, you know, like Philly's one bounce away from being in the finals last year, and they very well could have won the finals. And mm-hmm. that's I why still I picked them. They're pre-season. really good. Right, right. And there's a whole lot of basketball left. So we'll we'll table that for now. We'll come back to that later. Mm-hmm. One thing I wanted to mention, Milwaukee's been doing a lot of this without Eric Bledsoe. And I've always kind of seen Eric Bledsoe as more of a problem than a solution for teams. And the way I see it right now, I think they should trade Eric Bledsoe and get anything they can for him. Maybe get another piece or two that'll help you win. Because in crunch time, down the stretch, you want the ball in Giannis's hands. You don't really want the ball in Eric Bledsoe's hands. Hmm. And if you get rid of Eric Bledsoe, it just frees up shots and minutes for DiVincenzo and Pat Connaughton. And both of them have been really good and they're really young. They need the experience. They need the touches. They need to be at their best come playoff time. And you also have veterans like George Hill and Kyle Korver that can get more touches in the playoffs. And I just have never been impressed with Bledsoe. I just wanted to throw this out here. I think it's time for the Bucks to move Bledsoe, and I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Man, yeah, I think, I think they could definitely upgrade or get someone who's actually going to be worth a shit in the playoffs. I don't Yeah, I think they could find more meaningful pieces for him. And your boy Frank Mason the third, he's back there waiting for some game time. So he could get him some minutes also. If Devontae Graham is any indication of what my boys are capable of, then <laughs> I don't see why not, man. He was he Hey, was, he was good in Sacramento when they gave him a chance. He just needs to get an, an opportunity, is all it is. And it could be that if they move Bledsoe. So just throwing that out there. And one last thing to really hit on and we'll wrap it up here portland's back into the playoffs right now is the eight seed you think they'll stick around do you think they'll tail off and miss the playoffs oh i want to say tail off i really right. do i don't think carmelo's gonna sustain it right now either I... I think he's playing this mellow stuff is way too good to be true we've seen it all like we saw it in oklahoma city there's no way he's gonna make it the whole year on a good note yeah, well, I I do look at the standings, and I don't really see what team is gonna replace them. So you know, it would have to be the Spurs, the Timberwolves, the Suns, or <clears throat> that's really the Kings. That's it. It's one yeah. of them, and none of them really jump out at me as a great team. I'd keep an eye on the Kings and Spurs, but I'd say the Spurs would be the one. Also, yep, yeah. definitely agree. So they might make the playoffs, but I'm not worried about them contending or anything. Yeah, they're getting swept if they get the eight seed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't have anything else. You got anything else on the NBA? Anything to hit on here before Christmas? No, sir. I just can't wait for Christmas. Hope everyone has a very, uh, very great holiday Happy season. Holidays. Yes. Yeah, we're, 2019. We're PC, Be careful. PC correct on this podcast. So that's yes, that's sir. all I really got, man. And Can't yes, ma'am, to all you ladies out there listening. That's right. That's right. We speak to all people. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, well, enjoy the holidays, everyone. Enjoy the basketball, some great games. Make sure you do not miss the battle for L.A. That's all I got. There we go. Merry Christmas, everybody. Have a great holiday season.